Well, good morning, Westridge. How's that Memorial Day weekend going? Yeah. Most churches don't start a new series on a holiday weekend. But then again, most churches don't sing about whiskey as the setup song for uh, the message. Never church as usual here, these parts. So, uh, I might need a drink before you leave. Um, Two-parter, confronting the dark side, uh, temptation today, the nature of evil next week. So we got to agree, we're all coming back next week, right? All right. Bunch of liars. Um, Seems to me that at times, human beings, that's me and you, uh, we're overconfident creatures overconfident. 94% of college professors believe they are above average teachers. Just my luck, I had the 6% during my college career. 90% of drivers believe they are above average behind the wheel. And I encountered the last 10% coming out here on the J.N. Stowaway. Researchers gave computer executives quizzes on their industry. Afterwards, the executives estimated they had gotten 5% of the answers wrong. In fact, they had gotten 80% of the answers wrong. I think the same holds true when it comes to temptation. Sometimes we're a little overconfident. Sometimes we think we're a little stronger than we are. I can resist anything but temptation. Why is it? When we know better, we still give in to temptation, especially when we know that it will have negative and potentially disastrous consequences. Money is gambled away. Food is gobbled up. Illicit relationships are entered into. Exercise is ignored. Harsh words slip out. Pharmaceuticals are taken. Secrets are covered up. Blame is projected. Laziness is indulged. Conflict is avoided, lies are told, agendas are hidden, prejudices are harbored. Do I need to go on? Okay. Now, I'm going to make two assumptions before I move on through this message. Number one is, you know you have temptations. All those who have never been tempted, you're excused now, come back at 10 to 12. The second assumption that I'm going to make is, you know from time to time... You give in to temptation. So all perfect people, you're excused with the first group, 10 to 12, come back in. Now here's the picture in my mind. Temptation is like a seed lying dormant in the soil of our mind. It's ready to grow at any moment, but it needs some water, it needs a little fertilizer in order to sprout. Now we don't always create the temptation. Sometimes it comes looking for us, but we are responsible for creating the right soil condition in which it grows and becomes so strong that we eventually give into it. The condition of the soil, that's our responsibility. St. Augustine writes a graphic account in his famous book entitled Confessions of his battles with temptation and impurity. He writes, I came to Carthage and all around me in my ears were the sizzling and frying of unholy loves 
and he vividly describes being overwhelmed as the brambles of lust grew up right over my head and there was no hand to tear it up by the roots. It's the mystery of sin's power that the slightest yielding empowers evil beyond measure in our life. One of the narratives about Jesus in the Gospels that makes him so attractive, at least to me, is the account of his temptation in the wilderness. It's there in the wilderness experience where we clearly see what the Hebrew writer writes about in chapter 4, verse 15. He was tempted in every way, just as we are. Peterson paraphrases that, that passage this way. He says, we don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Those are your gifts this holiday weekend. While Jesus was without sin, the Bible is quick to point out that he understands our weaknesses and temptations. Now, I was struck by that this week. I read that passage I don't know how many times, but it was the fact that he understands. He he forgives, yes, and we focus on that, but he understands. And who among us doesn't desperately want to be understood? Sometimes that's our greatest need, is for someone just to understand us. Have you ever heard or read or seen something and said, I just don't understand that? I just don't get that. I know you do that every time I speak here, but uh, I, found, I found as I get older, and, and no, one, you know, no, no one told me about this getting old thing, um, but one of the things I found is that Reese and I frequently see something on TV or in our neighborhood, and we just go, I just, I just don't get that. I find as I get older, I say that more. I'm pretty sure that's a bad thing to be saying that more and more. I just don't get that. I don't understand that. You know, like the popularity of Taylor Swift. Because the player's going to play, 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 and the hater's going to hate, hate, hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, shake, shake. What am I going to do? Shake it off. Right. Couldn't get you to quote scripture, but you know Taylor Swift lyrics, right? (laughs) Or why people watch reality TV. Or calling any protein you buy at any restaurant for 99 cents food. Much less eating it. Jesus understands all those weaknesses. And he understands whatever it is you're struggling with at this very moment. The Jesus wilderness experience provides us with three promises that answer three existential questions when we find ourselves in the wilderness, promise number one is endurance. The gift of endurance answers the question that most of us come across sooner or later. Can I hold on? And the answer comes back loud and clear. Yes, you can. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he ate nothing and became very hungry. And then the devil came to him and said to him, If you're the Son of God, 
change these stones into loaves of bread. But Jesus told them, no. The Scriptures say people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Now, you got the picture. Jesus was hungry and tired. He was coming off, literally, a mountaintop experience, and now He's confronted with temptation. And maybe you've hung on. You've hung on with your marriage. You've hung on with your family. You've hung on with your work, your commitment to the church. But if you were to be honest today in all those areas and more, you'd have to say, you're tired. And when you're tired and when you're hungry, you're most susceptible. You're holding on for now. But it's not with the best of attitudes. It's not what you could honestly call a victorious attitude. You're just holding on. Now, just to be transparent, you know, we t- we've got to keep it totally real here at Westridge. Um, I've been through two of the most traumatic experiences this week in my life. Um, the first one, I mean this week. Did I say that this week? First one was a dental procedure that went awry. <laughs> Second one was changing smartphones. <laughs> and of the two, the smartphone thing was the most traumatic. The Verizon store is a disorienting place of multiple phones and planned choices. Do I want the 4, 5, 6, 6S, 6 Edge? And I don't know how much gig I need, mainly because I don't know what a gig is. And then there's the experience of switching everything from the old phone to the new phone and figuring out the complexities of this new high-tech phone, like how do I answer a call? So... To be honest with you, I stand before you today dazed and confused and fearful that the temporary crown is going to fall out of my head right before you. Maybe you had a tough week too. And right now, you're holding on, but your knuckles are white. And you're thinking seriously of letting go. What you need is some nourishment from God's Word and from God's people. Maybe you need a time of service where you're just serving with someone, for someone, somewhere, so that you forget about yourself. And instead of the frown on your face when you look in the mirror, you see the smile on someone else's face because you served them in a way they needed to be served. This promise for you, is one you can celebrate. Yes, you can hold on. Promise number two, resistance. This answers another important question for us. Can I resist temptation in my life? Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, You're the Son of God jump off. For the scriptures say, he orders his angels to protect you and they'll hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. And Jesus replied, the scriptures also say, don't test the Lord your God. Maybe, maybe you're tempted to jump. And it's not a cliff that you're tempted to jump from. 
That's way too intimidated. Maybe the temptation for you is just a short hop off the wagon. And the short hop seems so innocuous. It seems so simple. It seems so reasonable. But the temptation is pretty much the same. Just jump. Jump off the wagon of fidelity. Jump off the wagon of financial responsibility. The wagon of sobriety. The wagon of integrity. Maybe it's even more subtle. Jump off the wagon of spiritual maturity. These are difficult times for the church in this country. Pew Research released a report just last week showing that almost all of America's largest Protestant denominations are declining, regardless of their political or theological alignment. The fastest growing segment of the population is those who answer none when asked about their religious affiliation, called simply the nuns. And then there are the duns. They still believe in God, but they're done with this American version of Christianity. Sure, you could jump off the wagon and be forgiven. But why would you want to test the Lord your God? The wilderness account gives you something to celebrate. You can resist. Promise number three. Faithfulness. This also answers A third important question. Will I make it to the end? Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said. If you'll only kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God, serve only Him. And then the devil went away and angels came and cared for Jesus. There are times when the road, it looks long. The challenges, they look formidable. The questions loom large. Will I be able to remain faithful? Faithful to God, faithful to my principles, faithful to my calling in this life. Am I a success? What is success? Will I ever be one? And the temptation comes to you. I'll just take the easy way out. I'll be different. I'll escape the consequences. Let's put this in context. Think about the road that Jesus still had before him after this temptation experience. He'd be falsely accused. He'd be used and abused. He'd still have to put up with the dim-witted disciples. He'd be tortured. He'd be ultimately crucified before he arrived at the throne of God. There is no crown without the cross. And you're tempted, but not me. I'll take the shortcut. I'll work my way up the ladder the easy way. I don't need to take time to learn the business. I'll learn the ropes without submitting to an older, wiser mentor. I'll get spiritual authority without serving in the trenches. I'll be the leader in my family without first setting an example. Jesus gives us a different way. George MacDonald says, Jesus resisted every impulse to work more rapidly for a lower good. So you can celebrate this promise. You can be faithful without cutting corners. I don't know what the future holds for you, but this much I know. You can celebrate the fact that you can 
finish well. Here's the postscript. The postscript word is, it's never too late. You may be thinking to yourself, I've been tempted so much in the past, and I failed the test. More than I care to admit to myself. I can't change that. It's never too late. A call was passed on a couple years ago from the accounting office at Lincoln Christian University, where I work downstate. The caller was from Mount Zion, Illinois. And the caller had attended Lincoln Christian University when it was called Lincoln Bible Institute back in the 50s. She left owing the school money. And she was calling because she wanted to pay the outstanding balance. Now, accounting no longer had the outstanding balance on the books because the books had been thrown away a long time ago. So, so the money had to be processed as a gift rather than payment toward tuition. So here's what the letter said with the enclosed money order. My husband and I attended your school when it was, when it was called Lincoln Bible Institute. We left in 1958 or thereabouts, owing you $482.00. And 33 cents. Due to circumstances, we were never able to pay what we owed. I promised the Lord back then I would send you the money if He would provide me with the amount I needed to pay you. And I never forgot my promise to Him. He's provided me with that amount. I'm thankful He's allowed me to do this. Now, use some promises to hang on to. You have some promises to hang on to when you're tempted if you find yourself in the wilderness this week. You can endure. You can hold on. You can resist. You can be faithful. And you can make it to the end and finish well. So when temptation comes around this week, you can do as a wise prophet once sang. Just shake, shake, shake. Just shake it off.